Hello, and welcome back to Casey's Freak Show podcast with me, the very sweaty Casey Coop. I love how feral the heat makes me. I'm, I'm ready to get sexy, Quincy. Mm, get it, girl. We're about to get sexy up yeah. in the studio. <laughs> so today I have my old friend on the show, Quincy Jones. Q is a comic who had his own stand-up special on HBO called Burning the Light. Look it up. It's amazing. I've known Quincy since I started comedy over five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Jeez. He's seen me through my lowest moments, walking through the fire, falling face first into the fire and some dick, uh, and then growing, growing out of that mess. Two years ago, he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and mesothelioma and has outlived what the doctors originally told him he would. And I'm just so glad to have you on to catch up. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I just, it's crazy because the show's about freedom, right? And I feel like your personal freedom has exploded since two years ago yeah like you have become a different person quincy i mean it's it's a natural thing it's a natural thing to have happen is to evolve and grow you know we're supposed to walk through the fires and we're supposed to be burnt and we're supposed to come out stronger and peel off the scabs and show off our marks and that's what that's what pretty much what you've done it's what i've done it's what comedians do so i think it's brought us closer together definitely because I met you like what four or five years ago at open mics, yeah. And my ego was just as big as your ego. (laughs) Tis true. This has been it's been rumored, (laughs) but I feel like it's almost like I'm so grateful for the beating of life beating me down. I mean, Mm. I can't speak for you. Your experience is way fucking different than mine getting sober. But around the same time. You got diagnosed with this fucking crazy rare form of cancer. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing you and this person that I had seen around just giving everyone shit and like really killing it on stage and just like being Sam J was following you around with a camera to make his own documentary of you hitting so many open mics in a year. What was that? Uh, that was just us documenting me doing a thousand sets, you know, and like it was uh, I couldn't did it without Sam, man. Like I remember. 2013 was a good year. That was like my first, it was like my second full year in LA. And it was just, I just wanted it. I wanted to grind, you know? You, and it, yeah, more than anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, what the, that's what the goal was. So didn't have a credit, so I made myself a credit. Do you think that doing all those sets helped you or did it burn you out? Oh, it definitely helped me because you don't want to get up. You're not going to do a thousand sets and keep the same material. You're going to keep... You're gonna. It forces you to create new stuff. You don't want to go to mics and people are like, I just saw that at yeah. mic three. You're doing the same joke. This I've sh- seen people in the valley because that's where I came up. Do mm-hmm. the same shit for five years. <laughs> same set. Some even longer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, the, the references of like old comics who've just been on the road or God knows where they've been. They're still, still talking about like Rosie O'Donnell. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on. Your limited '80s references that only yeah. a few people get. <laughs> I, I love it. How is stand up for you now? You had this crazy, you had this crazy, you went on Ellen and then you got an HBO special. Uh-huh. Are you performing a lot now? Uh, not as much as I'd like to, but I think that's going to change this coming year. So I'm just preparing for that. Just been working on a few things and lay, I pretty much laid low this year. Me too. Me yeah. too. It was like, I feel like we're on a lot of the same trajectory mm-hmm. because. The first year sober, that's when you had your HBO special and a lot happened. And I had my Playboy column and a lot happened. And then it was like I was mentally crashing a little bit. I didn't have the mental 
health and stability I needed to have such a big life. I wasn't enjoying anything because I was I was just too worried about losing it. Right. I mean, I was enjoying it, but I was scared a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah Rather than just being like, this is life. This is great. I was like, when's the ceiling going to fall in? Same here. Same yeah. here. Like we're in the same exact. Crazy. Boat. Oh, I love it, you so it, much. It's a it's a natural thing. Like when you come, when you don't have much. You know what I'm saying? When you don't come from like yeah. wealth or something like that, yeah. we're like, yo, you, you know that and we kind of, most comics struggle financially. So it's like, mm. if people are like, oh man, you get a little something, you're like, oh, I want to, I just want to do this forever. Like you want to, like the first time you feature in the road, you're like, I just want to, I just want this. I get this money. If I can get this money, I can start save. you know? Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing about comedy is uh, the only constant about comedy is that it's inconsistent. Yeah, and I think any career in entertainment is just like such highs and such lows, and you're gonna have everything in between, and you right. just gotta get used to the roller coaster. Yeah, and you gotta enjoy the ride. Yeah, you gotta enjoy the ride. For Are real. you enjoying the ride? I'm. I can say honestly, in my heart, I can. I am enjoying it today. Good. And I and I have been for a while, but I wanted to get to a place spiritually where I could take on a bigger life. I actually last time I ran into you was in West Hollywood on one of my very first therapy appointments a couple months ago I remember and that and that has assisted me in being able to embrace and feel deserving of what career successes and romantic relations I have you have a you have a boyfriend now yeah for like almost a year that's crazy he's great did you guys just go to like europe or something yeah we did see i I, i'm i'm a fan i'm a friend and i'm a fan (laughs) and so are you following my personal life career uh, uh, yeah after you've been through the shit we've been through you sort of always keep a a pulse and like all right coops coops grinding you know what i'm saying grinding at life i guess maybe not at stand-up as much hey you know what it doesn't always have to be so you pulled back from stand-up what happened are you do you think you just had to kind of collect yourself a little bit just similar like what we just said i didn't get a chance to enjoy it you know uh when like the negativity came out i was just Mm. like i had to withdraw because Mm -hmm. it was it was eroding on my psyche mm. and i was just like and just like and i was just like man i the very people who helped me are now turning on me and that was a mind trip for me yeah so i want to bring that up um and we won't name names but i remember when you got the special that there were one or maybe two people i don't know if there's more than one saying that you were making up your fatal diagnosis mm-hmm. or but it's gone from faking cancer to making up or playing up my fake diagnosis yeah. to all these things. It was like, well, you guys got to choose one. You can't <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna lie and lie consistently, lie yeah. constantly. Don't wishy washy lie. Dude, okay. I had the same thing as you, which was when the good things started happening to me, the negative backlash for me that actually. And I wouldn't say frightened me into hiding. It was not that. I just needed to get myself bigger spiritually so I could handle the death threats, the very scary messages I was getting. Because as a woman who is smart and sexual and attractive and owns those things and also is feminist and Mm -hmm. kind of like throws, you know, throws the typical patriarchal order to the side. Right. It threatens men on such a deep level that there was a lot of vitriol coming out. And I, you know, I was able to sort of like uh, block off the kind of haters in comedy who'd be like, oh, she only started stripping so she could use this to get more famous or get a sexual level of attention. I could kind of like 
turn a blind eye to that shit. But when you're getting actual death threats or just very weird, weird, creepy messages from men um, that are messaging on a constant basis and it's just it's very fucking scary you know i can only imagine we have different kinds of hate we were facing but it's i I didn't even know you were facing it it was scary because i I mean i i read read a couple uh, of your of your playboy you know articles and i i'm a fan but you i was all i was more so a fan of your post because i felt like you could be a little more candid Mm -hmm. and like you know you're talking about sometimes your you know your boss or your, your old boss Came into the strip club that one time, right? <laughs> I wrote a whole article about it. That was my favorite article. Yeah, that's okay. So I remember that one, and I was just like, first of all, I feel like it's important that people understand that one, everyone has a different type of oppression, right? And it's not, it's not like a, a competition or like who could relate to. Second, no, we all, I can never has understand. I can never, I can never begin to fathom what it's like to be a confident, you know, attractive, funny strong oh, woman you. you know what i'm saying and so now i i you can always imagine like oh casey <laughs> all, all dudes you try to like sneak in your, your dms you know what i'm saying now that, you know, casey yeah and totally. now you know like all right i expect that from you but then it's yeah. like i could i didn't know you were getting death that's ridiculous yeah yeah but it's it's and that shit's really scary like it's scary on a real level because of the violence against sex workers and because if you want to figure out where I work, I'm not shy about it. And even if I was trying to hide it, you, people could figure it out. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. You could, I could be killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are unwell. People are very not balanced in the head. And if you represent everything that either they could never have or this weird ideal, what they wanted, but they couldn't have, I don't know. Or even if you just challenge their way of thinking by being an anomaly to a stereotype about strippers or about- You represent change, Whatever, man. exactly. Like, like you, when you represent change, that means that you're gonna get the backlash and they're gonna project on you because it's not even, they're, they're not even just, they're, they're not reacting to you per se. They're reacting to the high school girl Totally. That turned them down rudely in front mm-hmm. of everyone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, well, you see, yeah, she was a brunette. She had tattoos. <laughs> she liked Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to just take all that and yeah, it's all on you. They're yeah. like, dude, like, to write a, de- let's stop and analyze. To write a death threat, <laughs> you have to sit down angrily enough, log into email, find your con or your- find Facebook, log into Facebook, and then type mean stuff. And you better make sure it's edited. Oh, and you it's be- always misspelled. Yeah, that's not even a valid death. I think you should negate the death threat. <laughs> if you're like, then you should add a comma there. Take it back to the draft. So what has happened since you've stepped back? Do you feel like you're kind of processing the negativity you received better at this point? Or are you still pissed off about it? I was pissed off about it. Because that was awful. Until, that was uh, fucking crazy town. Uh, I, I, was, I was pissed off about it um, for a while. But then I had to let it go because it was having too much power over me. I was like, at the end of the day, I'm not faking cancer. At the end of the day, I didn't play up anything. No, you can't you didn't. play up and get Ellen. You can't. Play, there's tons of people have cancer. I visited you, know? you in the hospital, and nothing of that was a show to get and, a special. Uh, you think like that's a long cut? What is this a matchstick man? Like this is not a movie where <laughs> people were like, yo. So for me, it was just like. They projected so much onto me, and for the the maddening part was how many people sided. And I mean, a lot of people defended me, so I focus on the good. But how many people were whispering, "Yeah, well, mm. he should be dead," or just that, like, "Oh, well, my dad died. Why don't you die? Why why aren't you dead?" I'm Doesn't like, that show you though? To me, what that shows me, and any kind of like backpacking on negativity shows me, 
especially in the comedy community, how jealous people can be. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I stepped back from it because I needed to get I needed to get healthy. I needed to get in my thrive. And I can say, honestly, now I'm in my thrive. But the jealousy and the resentment when any one of our peers does well, people might parade around on the surface supporting each other, but there's so much jealousy that's so hateful. Who would get mad at a fucking sick person? That's crazy. Uh, someone who feels entitled. Yes, you, you, very you entitled. Know, and, just, and you, just like you in your job, you know what entitlement looks like because these men come in here. And they're like, mm, how much for you? Like, nah, fam, that's not how it goes. Uh, that's not where, I don't know why you would, I mean, okay. Yeah. There's so There's so many things wrong with that statement, but I'm out. You know, it's like it, it, the entitlement that comes with comedy or in life is just ridiculous because people are like, oh, well, you got a podcast now, like you should have me on. I was like, well, there's a theme to it. It's not just like we're shooting the mm. shit. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, I want to do it. It's like, well, part of it's a theme. If, do you, <laughs> maybe I'll keep you in mind, but you don't get, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. You don't get everything so you want in life. People in comedy are just super entitled. And when they think they see a peer getting what they think that they deserve, and maybe, and it's crazy because there's also this mentality in comedy that everyone is so focused on, did they earn it? Did they work for it? Did they deserve it? Because in comedy, you have to hustle your ass off to get anywhere. Yeah. And so if somebody gets, cuts a break, I guess, easier than others might think that they should, there's like this level of hatred, you know? I tell anybody, I'd give up everything and not have cancer. Or better yet, if they want an HBO special, then go through the cancer. Go through right. the chemo. Go through right. everything. You know, go yes. through everything. Go through our fires and then talk about what you want. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's how it works. You go through the struggle. And a lot of times people just don't, they don't want to work. They just want the success. They just want to post about it. That's what social media does. It's just like, oh, let's showcase the best aspects of our life. Everything we did that's fun. It's like, what about the boredom nights? What about the lonely nights? What about mm -hmm. the depression filled nights? What about the hungry nights? Mm -hmm. What about the open mic nights? You know, all people see is the, the glamour and glitz, and they think, oh, well, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, Casey has it easy. You know, she's, mm -hmm. oh, she keeps getting more tattoos, or now she's doing this. Now it's like, get out, what? Get out of my life. But that's a funny thing that I think God does this to us. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got the thing that I wanted, and it either didn't fulfill me, it didn't make me have what I think it was going to have. It was like, I don't I don't think God is... is um, is punishing my god just has a sense of humor and wants me to keep growing all the time and it's like you got this amazing special coupled with this cancer right mm -hmm. but at the same time then you get hate hatred for your success that you got but you're also you have this cancer but it's like i think it's because god wants you to grow even more and be like hey whatever people think that's 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 what i've learned is like none of my business and it has nothing to do with me it's never personal even when it feels personal never it's never that way for me it's like i uh i like for me god god to me there's lessons like i don't believe in good and bad there's good and there's good i don't recognize yet exactly you know so for me it's like okay hey I could never have anticipated I'd get an HBO special. But when negativity came, it was a jarring reminder of like, mm. oh, these are still comics who will slit your throat for stage time. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? It's they, so real. They it will is so do real. you in. Mm. 
And so, like, the more, so, <laughs> for me, the best revenge is living more and living my life. And Same. So, and so, like, getting now, happier. And, and they not, hate that. They, they hate, hate it. Happiness. And you know, I was just, we were just recording the podcast before this with Hannah mm-hmm. Michaels, and I was telling her that the happier I've gotten and the more of a whole person I've become, it's harder to brand. Like, when I was the, br- my branding sort of unintentionally was sad, sexual mm-hmm. girl. That attracted a lot of followers. It's easy to recognize. It's popular on the internet. It might be relatable to people in some way. Mm-hmm. But when you're whole and happy, it's not as marketable. Right. Maybe. Maybe I shouldn't find my new crowd, right? But it's different. Like, people, they don't want you to be happy. When they see you happy, they're like, I'm not happy. I, I'm jealous of that. Or that threatens the, me. Or that's not fun. Happiness represents security. And it's elusive. And for a bunch of insecure people in this world that we in, that we're in now, that's why it, it angers. You could be minding your own business. You could hit the same five mics. You know what I'm saying? And and be happy and write your jokes, hang out with your friends. Someone's gonna be like, "Oh, you think you're better because you don't go to the valley?" Yeah. Wait, no. Wait. <laughs> what? That's what you drew from? I hit these mics because they're convenient and they're supportive. I don't have any reason to go out to the valley because I don't have a car. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like if I had a car, maybe. If I could drive, maybe, but it's like, so when I, when you're happy, like we're happy and in, in where we're at in our lives right now, and there's someone out there who's angry just because we're happy and mm-hmm. they can't access it. And all they have to do to get happy is let go of the anger. I mean, there's a lot of people mar- marching in Charlottesville right now who are just, they can't find, I think, their happiness because anybody who is good with themselves is not going to be presenting hate to the world that's not going to be their their purpose for living you know what's funny about that and i, I don't really do jokes and topical material ever no because there's enough other people covering it where i'm like uh it's it's right. been been done millions of times you know but for me i i think it's kind of funny that these people probably got up got dressed with their clothes made in taiwan got in their asian <laughs> car flew on a plane can land it Got caught an Uber or a rental car, made in another country probably. <laughs> and they went to this bro- this protest or this 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 protest about a statue. How privileged is oh a white God. male's life that he can get <laughs> out and go protest a statue? Right. A statue. And here's the thing, they right. came from all over. They 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 came from all over and they sat in planes that were filled with the, the is, ethnicities. Yeah. And they sat there <laughs> and they're just like and they, I'm better than you. I'm better than you and I'm better than no, you. No, they're probably smiling. Oh hey, making small too. Oh. That's it's not mm. even real anger. No. It's their fear of equality because they don't want to work for it. There's too many people who don't want to work. They don't want to do the work. Well, you were talking about entitlement earlier. That's think, all it was, was an think, entitled march. I think if entitlement is something that pervades your everyday life all the time, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that invisible softness and that soft lining to your life just suddenly disappears. It's sort of like your joints go out. You took them for granted all these years. You're like, wait, no, I, I need my joints to work. I, I need it. Everything was okay when my joints were working. Yeah. But they're not working anymore. Wait, wait, wait. Don't take away my joints, you know? It's like entitlement is is silent and it's invisible to those who have it until it's not anymore. And at first they made fun of our blogs and they called us bloggers. And I'm not saying that, like, every blog is right or, right. you know, there's people that are obnoxious and fucking self-righteous and unnecessary. But the first were like, oh, they're bloggers or they're Black Lives Matter march. Blah, what a joke, you know, or... um. 
the Amber Rose's slut walk. It was all these things happening in culture, and they're and and they made jokes of it and they made fun of it. The the white man, mm. and then all of a sudden they're like, wait. We're surrounded by people who now want to be treated equally to us, and they got scared. First they made fun of it, and now they're scared. I think they always were scared. I mean, the, the, a joke usually comes from fear. You know a joke saying? like that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. You know? So I, look at, I looked at it and was just like, that's crazy to me. Because I, I, even, I even tweeted it the other day. I was like, yo, white men are only tough in groups. <laughs> There's not one tough white man on his own. No, no, no. In group, in group, no. the fact that they were all there and like they knew, that, like, but I guarantee you, they did it at a university. Yeah, where it was like, all right, there's kids at a university, Jeez. right? Virginia is a very big state. Go to Newport News. Go to Nor- go to Norfolk. Go anywhere there, and there's black people there. You're not gonna do that march there. No, you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so it was funny. It's like I look at them like, oh, this is. It's it's a sick joke, but it it's a joke. It's a, you looked at the dudes in their tweed and twilled their polos and their and, their walrus they're, mustaches. They're doing their little swats, their, their little Nazi. Right? I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? Like I'm really and people are like, why won't Trump speak? I was like, well, you get in the bed with the devil, you got to sleep with them. Yeah, you, you can't hop out of bed now. It's like, and so, I, I mean, I don't know, whatever, not to get too... No, no I know. What I lessons it, have you I learned this year? That. I took it on that road. I'm so sorry. No, it's um, fine. Just been on my mind. What lessons have I learned this year? I've learned that the more I trust God, the more I can be happy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't believe in necessarily a Christian God or any religiously affiliated God, but I believe yeah, in a God that's personal to me mm-hmm. and that has carried me through everything I've been through mm-hmm. and the self-will bullshit that I've dragged myself through into serenity. And that was just like, everything is happening for my greater good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. every situation I'm presented with, something better is on the other side because something better has always been on the other side. Right. And I was going to ask you about, um, what kind of freedoms you've taken from these last two years. I feel like you have become more free. You know, it's a podcast about being free. I really feel like you shed a lot of your own fear or even ego, and I see it, and it's blaring to me. I I, I, shed, I shed most of it this year, I feel like, to be free. After the negativity. Yeah, and, and, the, and the thing about it is uh, I let that go. Because I real I didn't even realize how much I'd carried on it because it's so personal mm. to me. It's my life, you know. It's my life, and these people attacked me trying to live my life, and 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 so I realized I was like, oh, I was upset. I was really upset about that, but I'm over it now because I have bigger things to focus on. So while people are still coming out the woodwork saying that stuff, I'm like, who are you? I didn't even talk to you. I don't even know who you are. And that's what it's like sometimes for me being, I guess, a girl with like who's an Internet personality. It's like people, I don't even know your fucking name. Why do you have so much to say about me? But that's another thing. Whenever we're presented with our greatest fears, the thing like everyone hates me. Everyone's talking shit about me. Everyone's saying I don't deserve whatever like you run through. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best possible thing to go through. Because yeah. once you walk through it, you're like, that wasn't shit. Fear is paper thin. It's not real. When I walk through it, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm invincible for it. Yeah. I, I feel like for me, 
God taught me a lesson this year. Last year was crazy. It was great. So much good that I felt mm-hmm. it helped my psyche. And then when the negativity hit, it sort of like took a huge chunk out of it. And so God was like, huh, you were doing more for other people with less than what you have now. So I need to remind you of what, you know, that is. And so I've been, you know, I was struggling financially because one, you know, uh, I, I was just talking with another comic about it today. The, goal, the, the Kickstarter money went towards a special. Not to me, not to my health shit, you know what I'm saying? And it's important to get it cleared up because some people are like, oh, I thought you had the Kickstarter money for your health. I was like, you thought I just had $50,000. That's what you thought. Mm-hmm. I, that's what you thought. Okay, no, that's not, that, that's, <laughs> that's, not what's up. that's not That's not. what's up, fam. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, And so I, I was struggling financially because like, if you're a full-time comic, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to make money off performing or writing or stuff like that. And I didn't have a show written or sold or anything and I didn't have a book or anything like that so for me it was it was a bunch of uh a bunch of uh, of like okay getting back to the grassroots of God and you and God God will strip away every distraction until you look up exactly but then when you do at least for me that's I've never been more at peace you know yeah and then I'm and then when the things start building again the building blocks of cool stuff love career future Mm -hmm just rad sh- like material shit the only way i can carry that is if i'm still holding that just me and god thing yeah that's the only way i can handle having those things i i think that's all god really wants is props and respect you know what i'm saying for at least for me it's like yo i couldn't have done it without him i wake up every day i i, I thank god for for another day of life and I, I pray for strength and faith and patience and courage and then to be consistent that's what I pray for. And then I go out about my day, you know. Uh, but yeah, the, the lessons the lessons I've learned and, and, and the freedom, the lessons I learned was to let go. And that helped me shed the weight to be more free. Totally. And when you say let go, I take that as the same word as acceptance. And, like, that's what I'm always trying to gear towards is mm-hmm. acceptance. I love to try to manipulate things to my will. Mm-hmm. But it never goes as well as when I just accept what is. And yeah. I and I use that. You just use what's been given to you and it's like, oh, this is cake. You can stop trying to force it to be something else. But on that note, we're gonna take a pause and we'll be back after the break. Okay. All right, we're back in the studio at Meltdown Comics, which is at seventy five twenty two Sunset Boulevard. We out Shouts here. out. Yeah. With Quincy Jones. Hey. Uh, how's Quincy, there? do you remember? I was just thinking about this memory with you. Mm-hmm. This was like Back in our first couple years of knowing each other, when we were like hitting the open mics and that North Hollywood open mic at Bob's. Bob's do you remember that? Yes, I do. There was like multiple nights where I got drunk on that Lancashire yeah, yeah. and like was seducing men, and you just you sat back and watched, like like just watched. I remember. I remember that night. I remember. I remember when you got your Amy Winehouse tattoo. I remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah, it was I at remember, Bob's that night. I remember that. I remember we went next door to a little spot there. And I just remember, like, yeah. you were just like always like, just this silent figure, kind of like, okay, like nodding, like I respect you. I remember that, like you're just like, okay, she's doing her thing again. I, yo, get eat these souls, man! All right, snatch these souls. That's what I'm here I to was, watch. My pussy was swallowing souls. I, and dudes, and you'd leave them, and they'd be disheveled, <laughs> sniveling, shivering, like disheveled messes. I'm like, get it, girl. I loved that power. That was like my drug for a hot minute there it's just <laughs> woo but it was just funny because you were you've been around since those days yeah. and then 
I feel like, yeah, there's just been so much change, but I feel like we've grown together in a way. Yes. It's crazy. I was going to ask you, are you still with the same girl that you've always... Uh, no, no, we separated. Okay, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Sorry yeah. to bring that up. No, Never mind. Fine. Are you dating? I am dating now. I am cool. dating. I've uh, yeah, recently started dating. Cool. Is I it good? It, it is good. It's new. It's different. It's different. You know, it's... Yeah, I had years associated with that person, and I so know. it was a comfortableness. It was like a, it was a, a, a familiarity where it's like, oh, this person knows me, the best, and keeps it real with me. And then you realize that you stop romanticizing what it is, and you start looking at the reality of it. It's like, oh, it wasn't a healthy situation. It was, you know, there was a lot of, you know, emotional manipulation and verbal abuse, and so it wasn't the best, you know? But I, I don't. I also don't, don't have anything bad to say about any of my experts. Totally. I think it's cool, because I do feel like I've never seen you happier or more peaceful than now. Um, and I saw you write a Facebook post about that, about how you have new goals. Mm-hmm. Um and I loved it. And even this these last few years, you've talked about how you want to have a family, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I feel like I've kind of started to make that transition, too. I'm not going to have kids anytime soon. It's just, like, the wanting of them. Knock and on not, wood. No, God. Knock on wood. Coop's not having any babies anytime no, no, soon. No, I just got a puppy baby, and that's enough baby for there me. There you go. That's, that's I, probably what I really need I'm, is a puppy. Oh, my God. I'm smothering the shit out of it. But it's, like, kind of nice to switch the focus from just me to like okay i want to like have a little something that's not just mm-hmm. me and my career me and my career and I, I i told like i i go back and forth on on wanting kids and marriage and whatnot you know because there's a certain level i want to get to in comedy you know and i have to lay low like this this year was about laying low and building and i needed that i needed me that too. negativity to become stronger to force me to get out of my comfort space to do more yeah. i had to get back to that grind ethic yeah. that grind mindset where it was like okay last year was great last year was like a a a, a blessing of all the combination and culmination of, of people you've met and and sets that yes. you've done and now it was like yes. that was a great pay it for and so now it's like all right well, now what? You didn't. I didn't think it was going to be the same thing this year, obviously, but I definitely wouldn't mind more gigs. So it made me get my independent on. So I started a show in in Portland. And it's the same saying? thing, just like I started this podcast. It was like I got to the space where I was like, I'm ready to put my name on something. I'm yes. ready to get back to grinding, but maybe in a different way than just open mics. Yes. And I believed in myself enough to say I want to put my name on something. And before it's like, oh, yeah, I'll write for you. Sure, I'll come be on your show. I'll show mm-hmm. up to your commercial filming thing you know right, like right. other people's shit because i couldn't believe in myself enough to just put my own name on it yeah god we're so the same right now <laughs> i i I, like, I look at you and the the realization because when i when i saw you uh in, in larchment going to your therapist i know like you were it was like you had an epiphany minutes before seeing me because you would like walk by and i could just see i was like oh cool and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, what's up? And we sat down, we talked, and I could just tell, like, like it was like all, it was like a Rubik's Cube coming together, <laughs> and, and like, and it was about to bust open, and totally. you're like, but I gotta go. I was like, dude, I get it. We got numbers, like, I'll see you, go, 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 go. Yeah. And I was so happy for you, because like, when I'm happy for the, I'm genuinely happy. Like, it's not like, oh, well, I want that, why'd they get that? Dude, you found peace. You found love. Thank you. And you deserve that, and you've earned Thank it. You. You know what I'm saying? And so, well, all this, we can, a lot of times people won't, won't let go of the negative shit, and that's why they can't get the good shit. 
And so you let go of the negative shit. And you're like, yo, you're confident. You're sexy. You've always been smart. You're outgoing. You're charming. And guess what? All those qualities attracted your amazing dude that you, you took a trip to Europe with. And you yeah. earned all that. That Thank wasn't you. just like, boop. No, the I think the mental work it took to get to a place where I could give and receive love was really strenuous and hard and a lot of tears, you know, because now I see my other comic peers like kind of go through the same dating struggles I went through for like over five years. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of work on myself to be able to give and receive love and not play games and not play games to try to manipulate to get the love and not chase and not in my and not be even attracted to on some subconscious level to shit, you know, on some subconscious level. If I think I'm shit, I'm going to be attracted to shit. I'm going to attract more shit. Yeah. You know? And it's not easy to t- to learn those lessons. It takes a it takes a strong look at yourself in the mirror. It takes yes. a real reality check of like what do I work, want out of this life? A lot of work, hard work to do on yourself. Yeah. And by it, whatever means that is to you. There's lots of different ways to work on your mental health, but there's, you know. But I look at you now and like you're cop you like dude, you're confident, you're glowing. You're really glowing. And I say that true. And so I'm like, I'm looking like, damn, man. Cool. I don't even remember the old times. I'm looking at you now. I'm like, really? these past two years are like, you have been killing it. And Yeah, have- but you too. And like, that's what I see in you. Quincy, let's turn it back to you. What does being free mean to you? Being free means to me, I, I guess... I guess being free means to me to to be yourself unabashedly, you know, to just to be comfortable in any surrounding, you know, like doesn't matter if you got ten dollars in your pocket. Doesn't matter if you got a thousand in your bank account. You're just the same person. You're through and through. You're consistent. You're constant. And you just you and no one could change that. No one could shake that or rattle. That's really being free. Because Absolutely. money doesn't make or define you. No, and when we get success, sometimes it just muddles the happiness. Yeah. It confuses. It attracts the wrong people. It's confusing. The obligations and expectations, you're trying mm-hmm. to keep that, or you're trying to increase that, or you're trying to multiply that. And it's just a, a constant struggle until you realize, yo, you're you, and someone out there loves you and wants to be with you and appreciate and reciprocate that which you can provide. Are you ready to accept that? And the minute you look at the mirror and say, yes, I am ready, that's when it's there. Right then and there. Because someone's going to be like, yo, Coop is the queen. That is my queen. I want her. (laughs) And there's there's no one else that'll do. You know? And you live and you learn and you love and you lose. But you always keep learning through the process. So for me to be free, uh, you know, I I would just love to be comfortable. Be, Be comfortable. I'd love to go up to the comedy clubs and not have to be in my own head about who said what, who's thinking Mm -hmm. this. Well, can I be myself? Mm -hmm. And if you can't be yourself in environment, then that's probably not the environment you need to be in. Yeah. That's sort of why stand up. I've been a little on the outskirts of it lately because you have to really know who you are to not be swayed by other people's opinions of you or let that even subconsciously change your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I noticed that I was like 10 times better at stand up when I last year 
I was just writing with my deadlines for Playboy all the time. I couldn't actively do stand up all the time. Hmm. When I came back into it, I no longer was doing that alt comic, um, sticks straight, stiff yeah. performance, um, speaking like nerdier. But, um, um, um what's that? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I was me and I was talking like me and being a comic that the everyday Joe could relate to right you know because i've heard alt comics ream chelsea handler she's someone i've always looked up to i like how lioness she is and she's just like doesn't give no fucks and that's what the people all over the world have been attracted to you know for me i don't have like for for com- for comics not having backbones they have some strong mm-hmm. ass opinions that they share for and I'm like, yo, first what of all, a dichotomy. I don't have any strong feelings about Chelsea Handler or Eliza Schlesinger or anybody. I'm too busy focused on my grind to totally. get better as a comic. Where's the jokes? Is it, Does Eliza have specials? Yeah. Are they the funniest? No. <laughs> but do people love them and keep watching them? Yes. <laughs> so guess what? That means there's a demand for that product that she supplies. You know what I have noticed in comedy, and this isn't talked about a lot, but the funny, yes, it's the bottom line. But there are a lot of comics doing well and even famous who aren't that funny. But I think that there's something to be said about confidence and a strong personality that can mag. And I'm not saying this about any of the comics we just mentioned. Right. I'm just saying in general, even at lower levels, like open mic level, there's, mm-hmm. there's certain comics that are like open mic superstars that are probably going to be real life superstars one day. Yeah. But I don't think that their jokes are necessarily the funniest, but something about their delivery, their poise, their get swagger. Grow into People it. talk about these certain open mic comics like they're superstars, which they probably will be. Yeah. And so in stand-up, you know, funny is the bottom line. It will get you places. But I would say also just being being the star, you know? Yeah. Just telling it like it is from your own truth. Maybe not, you know, not being hateful, but... Right. Yeah, there's something to be said just about someone's swagger can get them very far in comedy. I, I, I was like this. The one thing I realized in year two of doing comedy is it's not just about being funny. Yeah. If it was just about being funny, more people would do comedy. It's especially those like super nerd, weird, quieter ones. And I'm just like, okay. So once I realized that, and I was down here in LA, and I and I grew and I adjusted here and I adapted here. Because you used to be in Seattle when you started. Yeah, I started in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Um, And so when I moved down here, I was like, it's a whole new ballgame. But I knew I belonged. You know what I'm saying? Same. Like, I, I felt I, that I, from Portland. I came from Portland. Exactly. So it's like, like I know I belong. And comedy will try and do everything it can to make you feel like you don't belong. This city will do everything it can mm-hmm. to make you feel like you <laughs> don't belong. Especially year one. It just tries year, to year break one, it, you. It, it, it tries me. to break you it wider. Oh, yeah. But I stayed. I stayed broken and I healed. Yeah, and that's what's supposed to happen. The first, I put it like this. The first, I always tell everyone, the first year in LA, it does everything it can to get rid of you. And right in like year, after the year month, year mark, month two, that's when it's like, oh, you're still here? Cool. We usually got, we got rid of all the weak people. Here you go. Here's a couple of them. Here's yep. a promotion at work or here's a nice apartment. Or, totally. Or here's, you know what I'm saying? You start getting little perks. And you're like, oh, yeah, man, that's cool. You'll get a commercial or you'll do that. You're like, all right, cool. It's like when you get the good shit, you have to remember to remain humble, you know? Because a lot of times people book a commercial and they'll, they'll think they're never going back to sales again. 
<laughs> South Comedy Hole, the darkest uh, of the dark comedy holes. Seriously. Um, you know what kills me is seeing, com- you know, because comics were such like, we're, we're kind of spiritually sick motherfuckers to say the least, but seeing someone who's just gets successful as a comic but is a piece of shit, that's the hardest to watch because that happens quite a bit. Because we're, we're the kind of people we need that external validation so right. badly. Right. And that's not a healthy person. And I've seen those people do well and then just kind of like they look down their nose at you. And that's hard to see in comedy. Yeah, I feel like this. The, the, the pieces of shit won't last forever. There's coming a time where all the gimmicks and all these shows where they're like, dude, do stand up in your underwear, smoke weed. Oh, I hate that free shit. Free beer. Oh, for, we're God. providing damn near buffets for audiences to come and hopefully laugh. It's like, yo, eventually the funny's going to have to return. And that's when the grizzled road dog veterans or the open mic superstars or the people <laughs> who've been doing it, they're going to step up to the plate. But there's so many people I'm just like, yo, I, I don't look at anybody as I'm better than anybody. People are like, oh, you were in Ellen. Like, dude, I'm still trying to figure out how to pay rent. So tell me, well, tell me what, right. tell me what that, tell me what that means. What was it like being on Ellen? How was that experience? Uh, it was cool. She's she's a really nice lady. Um, it was very I, surreal seeing you on TV. I was like, what the? It's weird seeing, and it's cool seeing your friends come up. It always gives me hope. Like the right people are coming up. The yeah. right people are doing it. Jack Knight getting his name on the Comedy Store, and Jessica Michelle Singleton. It's it's cool seeing your friends do good. And you know what? It's crazy. It's like they got what they wanted. Jack came down here from Seattle with the determination to get his name on the wall. And his eye on the prize, man. He he really And so for it. yeah, and so I look at Jack and like when I got the like, do I want my name on the wall one day? Sure. But I'd also didn't do the work that Jack did to get his name on the wall. Right. So my name will be on the wall when I do the work that, that Jack did, or I do the work when I'm hanging out. When I'm going, when I'm friends and family, when I'm killing it, when I get the audition, when I kill the audition, boom. You know, everything comes in due time. We signed up for a job that has no end. There's no like, oh, I'm the president of comedy now. There's no, there's no, there's no end point. You just keep doing this until you don't. And some people I see, you know, you see one kid blow up at age 20, 21 and fizzle out by 24. Like it is a roller coaster in the game. It's a beast. And you have to, you have to like, like it comes all back. You have to be humble, centered and, and free to be able to maintain the, the higher levels. That's what you need to get to the next levels. You got to be centered. And the reason I was pulling back on it is because I wasn't loving it as much. I moved here because I want to do it because I love it. When I'm on that stage, I love it, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't loving it as much. And I was, getting funnier and I knew what would work on stage but if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing what's the damn point I'd rather just be writing writing brings me just as much joy and probably a lot more Mm. you know for me it's very cathartic to write comedy and I guess that's kind of where my butt's been falling into and Mm -hmm. I just I sort of feel like I'm just having to like go where God guides me at this point that's what God's like yeah that's why you're at the next level Coop congratulations because God's like hey I have a plan right like there's there's a uh, there's an old saying like I I told God I had a plan he laughed you know what I'm saying like <laughs> that's so perfect like, okay you, yeah. that's that's great I'm yeah. got a plan congrats yeah. good luck with that <laughs> yeah let me know when that plan <laughs> coincides with what I got planned for you because this is what's gonna be and so for me it's like all right I you know I believe like I said I believe in the power of manifestation and me like too. when you say it 
you instinctively start working towards that because nobody wants to put something out there and not work towards it and then have egg in their face. You know yeah, there's like this thing. One, the idea of manifestation. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read about. It's just something I agree with that I right. also ascribe to. But in LA, it seems to be this thing I see a lot of people doing, who are a little too into the psycho spiritual. I don't mm-hmm. know what the word is. Thing, and they think they can just get stoned and put out some crystals and do a mantra and take a bath, and then that's you manifesting and think about it. Well, I think manifestation is like what you said. You say it out loud, you write it on some paper, you get to work. Yeah. <laughs> you get to work. The work is always there. The work is a constant thing. It like, dude, man, I, I've i been putting out there, like some of my goals, my manifestation is I wrote a show. I want to get new management. I want to get the show made. I want it to be on for six seasons. And then I want to do acting. And I want to put out another special. And those are my goals. Uh, you know, some short, some middle, some long. But those are my goals, and that's what I'm going to do. You know, I, I, I put out, I kid you not, here's how crazy it is. I put in a Facebook post that I'm not going to do chemo anymore and that I'm going to get this new drug. I was about Even to ask I you about that. Up. I was about to ask you about that. Go ahead. Uh, Tell me, Q. <laughs> I, I, I put that out there. I was like, yo, I'm not going to do chemo anymore because I applied for this new drug. They said, no, you can't do it. I said, okay. And then rather than sit up here, get depressed and start, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's another way. Because that's the only way we've we've progressed as, as humanity, as society, is by someone looking at a problem and be like, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way besides that. That's a good way, but there's a better way. There's a different way. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep trying. And I went to the drug company myself. And they were like, all right, well, we'll do a hardship case for you, but it's still, it's expensive, but you still have to, you, you have to pay 12500 by the end of the year. But I put in the Facebook post, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get this drug. I'm going to do this. And I kid you not, on my second anniversary of beating the doctor's prognosis of me only living a year, that the day afterwards, they're like, congratulations, you got approved wow. for, for, the, for the new drug. See, this is where this is what I'm talking about with this manifesting thing. I feel the same way. You put it out there, but because you put it out there, then you make strides towards it. Yeah. And God takes care of the rest. God fills the gaps. Boom. I think so. Yeah. And like... I guess my higher power always comes in clutch for me in ways that I wouldn't necessarily think at first, you know? Right. And I think that was just like a more amazingly straightforward way. And I just think, yeah, I agree with the manifesting thing. God's been so good. Listen, I was so broke this year that that one night I, I had chemo. And one night my boy, uh, he was living in Chicago. He just came back here and he was going to go play basketball in Shanghai. He's like, hey, let's link up. Let's go out. Uh, let's, let's go out, man. I said, all right, cool. And I told him, my situation was like, hey, man, I can't go out. I'm broke. I said, I can't even afford the Uber to get to the bar that you want to link up at. He's like, all right, man, come on. I'll take care of it. I was like, all right, well, I don't really feel like that. I don't feel comfortable. It's not that big a deal. He's like, just come in. Let's just catch up. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll come catch up. He's like, all right. we, and we're talking at the bar. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to shoot you some money. I was like, you tell me your Venmo. I said, all right, here's my, here's my Venmo. I said, all right, we go back to drinking. We have a good time. I leave. I go home. I fall asleep. I wake up in the morning. So let me check my Venmo. And my homie Venmoed me $1,000. Wow. And I was Now like, you know what it's like to be a stripper. Uh, for <laughs> real. I felt like the prettiest girl in the room. Are you kidding me? I felt like I had the fattest You're ass. You're like, did I give a good hand job last night? Seriously. Night? I will swallow everything <laughs> I ever get. So, um... So that happened, and I was like, and like, yo, my account had been in the negative, and my wow. internet had been cut off, and everything, and just God was like, 
boom. And I, I cried, I cried tears of joy because when you're that broken, someone just, yeah. I was like, and you're just like, yo, God, thank you so much. Yeah. Because guys, like, because... don't forget where you come from. Don't forget who was with you during these rough times and who got you out of them. That's all you have to do is just give me the props when the good comes because the good will come. I'll make sure that, but I need you to remember me during the bad. You know what my uh, mentor always says that I always hang on to and I have to remind myself constantly is, did your higher power ever drop you on your head? Like, were you ever with those worst case scenarios, homeless on the street? Were you ever starved to death? You know, were right. you ever without, like really without right. though? Yeah, no. Never. No. And when I can internalize that thought, Quincy, like when I really internalize it into my heart, my whole day, my whole week lightens. It's like fucking unreal. Because you remember all this financial insecurity you're having is just another paper thin fear it's temporary this the thing that happens for me is like maybe i'll have a bad night at work like mm. a like a really like sometimes at the strip club you can make good money sometimes you make 50 bucks you don't know oh, wow. you don't know how it's gonna go are there are there like eight hour shifts they're six hour shifts okay i always wondered I oh yeah, yeah no yeah. well where i work i'm sure it varies but yeah. a lot of the time when i've had to miss work for being sick or mm. i had a shitty night some random gig will open up sometimes through comedy sometimes mm -hmm. through can be in the sketch we're filming, but you're gonna get paid. Right. Sometimes there's a random event where you get to go dance on a pole nude. You know what I mean? Like there's just something. And I'm just like, I just feel super blessed that I've been given all these different talents, like from everything from dancing to comedy and writing that I've been paid for. Yeah. You know, like I worry and I stress and I fear. And it's like, You've been paid to fucking do everything and and then some. Like, you can, you know, like, everything's going to be okay. It's amazing how quickly, like, when things become uncomfortable, we start, we start, like, just ripping thing, ripping everything apart. Like, we get so desperate. <laughs> We're like, 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 you're like, you, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I had a bad night at work. And you're like, well, fuck, I'm not, now I got it. And then <laughs> I'm going to yeah, yeah, get, yeah, I'm going to yeah, die. Yeah, and exactly. My I'm boyfriend's going to leave me and then I'll lose my apartment. Yeah. And then <laughs> exactly. my dog and my cat and my roommate and my mom. And it's, some, yeah. and it's something and it escalates. Yeah. It snowballs for sure. And then you're like, then you got, God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I held you down. We've been through worse times than this, Coop. It's a bad night. Let's chill out. We're going to make up for this. I like to think about the idea of quality problems because my problem in the past was like, oh, I'm a Carlos stripper who lives in a piece of shit apartment and nothing's happening for me in stand up and I'm burning every bridge and I don't know why I'm burning every bridge, mm -hmm. but I'm very lonely and I wish someone would love me. And, and, and then my problems is like, why can't me and my boyfriend hang out 24 7 because he has a big life and i have a big life mm -hmm. but we still make time for each other every day you know that's awesome like what are these problems that i'm really crying about like they're not problems they're, they're, they're blessings they're, i would like someone once told me he's like somebody would love your problems mm -hmm. somebody out there would love <laughs> your will. problems a lot of people and like i'm like yo like like even when i was in the hospital I, I, I heard this in the hospital he's like dude someone would love your type of cancer Someone wow. would love to have your visits. Someone would love to have what you have. And you have to keep that in perspective. Someone would love your problem. Struggling to pay rent, someone would love to have a roof over their head to struggle to pay rent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Worrying about money, someone would love to have a so a network of people that they could ask, but they didn't. But they burned their bridges because of addiction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to remember these things. It's so important and it keeps you grounded. 
If you remember being broke and being hungry at some nights, guess what? You're going to remember that and you're not going to be quick to ball out when you get some money. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh, we don't know when this money's going to come like this again. Let's go ahead and sit on it. I try, to, I try to remind my boyfriend when we have moments where we're like, I, you know, because I'd like to live with him, but he's still in school right now and he's having to live with his parents mm-hmm. and everything. And I'm like, I get upset because I want, I want him all the time. You want to know. And then I have to remind myself and us, like, these are the funny, like, the shit that's the, the, the scenarios we have right. where I might get annoyed or upset. I'm like, I'm going to laugh about this when we're living in our home together, like, yeah. in our nice ass house. It's it's all it's its own adventure. Yeah, you know. But that's why when you when you're in a relationship, you 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 keep those little trinkets of those times. You remember these times you struggled or things were less than ideal. You know, you remember that, and then you can look back on it, laugh in the future. And while you're laughing about it in the future, you're you're consistently trying to plan and keep the newness, keep that love, keep those sparks going. Right, because this is yeah. like where we're feeling the most in love. You yeah. know, it's still honeymoon phase. It's at a year. We just went to Europe together. Yeah, I want to. That, that's amazing. I, I kid you not. You. That's amazing. I I'm 34. I think I've been on one trip with with a, maybe two trips with women with, with a woman. And that's also what fucking stripping has afforded me. You know, it's like, let me have time and means to do my own creative projects, but also travel. I've never gotten to travel before. Did you guys do Eurorail when you're around there? Did you get like a Eurorail pass? We, no, we got, we would just get um, a train pass for a week long in every city we stayed in because we were in each city for about a week. Okay. So London, Paris and Barcelona. Uh-huh. We just had like, um, just train passes. Yeah. Okay. Because cause I'm going over there. Are you? The, I'm going over there for five weeks. Where are you this. going? Wherever the wind blows, baby. Oh, it's so fun. You can, like, take little hopper jets from place to place or even, like you right. said, there's trains. We did the train um, Aerostar, mm-hmm. I think. I could be messing that up. Mm-hmm. But it's between London and Paris, and it goes under the water. Oh, wow. It's rad. I mean, you don't say anything, but it's rad. That freaks me out yeah. beyond belief. <laughs> um, but, yes, I, I think it's rad for you. Like, it goes underwater. I'm like, oh, dear God. Uh, my heart skips me. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I'm in the dark and I'm underwater. Oh, my sweet. Are you doing shows? Are you playing over there? Yeah, I'm doing a couple shows. I just needed to. I struggled so much financially this year that when I finally got a couple bucks and my money started getting right, I was like, I had this flight voucher and I bought a ticket, you know, back in April to go for this time. And it's five weeks. And I'm like, I'm just I'm bringing a backpack and a carry on. And I'm just going over there. And I'm just going to live. And I'm not going to be restrained or restricted. I'm just going to be like, yo. I want to go to Sweden today. And I'm going to go to Sweden. Dude, it's so rad to do it that way. We kind of made like the outline of which country we'd be in when. Right. And we got like a museum pass for Paris, but we left it open-ended and it was just the adventure of a lifetime, dude. Like these are the things I couldn't have dreamed of when I was still getting fucked up all the time. Yeah. And self-destructing, you know? What like how did that happen? How have our lives Mm. happened? And I think we had to like let go of something, whatever that thing was. To be able to move forward. The thing, that person, that addiction, that infliction, we had to let it go. For we had to recognize it. We had to accept that we let it have control over us. And then we had to let it go. And that was and sometimes letting that person go, that addiction, that infliction, it's not easy. You, you know, you're gonna struggle with it sometimes. I know but, you were yeah, you were on again, off again with your ex. Yeah. And I can't even imagine how hard that was to walk away from. Yeah, I mean it it, it was it was definitely one of the most difficult things I've done in my life. 
you know uh but you know we're we're cool and we don't talk or friends but there's no beef there's no animosity it's like if she ever needed to talk she could call me if i ever need to talk i could call her i don't but i know if i needed to so yeah it's just the door is closed right now and but it's not right sealed shut right yeah there's no it's not like oh i'm closing off the because i feel like well one thing i realized is like when you go through breakups i, I can't front like i'm mature during a breakup like, yeah, no, I'm me not, neither. I, I've like, never had a clean and easy breakup. Yeah, I'm like, yo, you hurt me. You hurt my feelings. We're just bigger kids. You hurt me. Yeah. You're leaving me. I don't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. You shouldn't leave. And you want to leave. And I get that's what you need to do for you. But you didn't consult with me. Yeah. What about us? So you're yeah. doing that. And now I have to hate you for the mm-hmm. time being. I we have are. To, we're, because we're, I need I need my heart to harden to get past you. And then when, you know, when it, you know, scabs up like a tattoo, when it scabs up mm-hmm. and starts to peel, I'm sure we'll be cool again. Absolutely. You know, we, we were lovers for a certain amount of time, but for the, you've hurt me now. And so, like, that's that's the type of person I am. That's also why I don't really date seriously a lot. It's hard. It's hard for us comics. We, we're, we're an erotic bunch, but I will have to close it on that. It was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fucking good. I loved it. Anywhere people can find you online or find you at a show? Um, Yeah. uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, LLQJ206. Um, Facebook, I think I still have some friend requests there. Add me on there. Or I leave all my posts public so you can follow me on there. Um, Casey Coop's friend. So, you know, there's that's my that's my biggest credit. HBO special. <laughs> uh, look, just check for me. I'm, 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 HBO special, Burning the Light. Look it up. Burning Light. Check. Yeah, it's awesome. pretty dope. I'm working on my new one, too. So there we go. Oh, cool. Rad. Awesome. This was great. And thank you, Mason Booker, my producer, and Meltdown Comics once again. This has been Casey's Freak Show. Bye. Uh, 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 yeah.